0: Is that we can't fit them all in two days. And in order to fit them in, we're doing tracks. So you will get to pick between three different speakers of which one to watch live. And unless you've got the VIP passed, you won't be able to watch the speakers that you've missed. So do check that out as well. It's honestly going to be amazing. I am so very excited about it and I can't wait to see you there. You are listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast. Episode 45.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast, uncovering the secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business. And here is your host, Teresa Heath Waring.
0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you? I am assuming, as it's New Year's Eve, you have had an amazing Christmas and you are ready to party tonight and celebrate the new year coming in. Now, I'm not a massive New Year fan, actually, as in I love thinking about a new year, what I'm going to do, what it's going to look like, how I'm going to plan it. But actually, New Year's Eve, the actual evening, we don't tend to do a lot in my house just because I've been out before and I've done the whole trying to get into pubs and clubs and whatever and standing around in queues and I hate that. So we probably just will end up in the house watching a bit of TV and obviously celebrating with some lovely fizz and food. So anyway, on to today's podcast interview. This week, I am interviewing the really lovely Holly Knoll. Now, Holly and I met at Social Media Marketing World a few years back when we were sat at the conference together, and as you do, you start chatting. And from then, I've been following Holly on Instagram, and she follows me, and we comment on each other's stuff. And, you know, when you just make a connection with someone... So I'm really happy to have her on the podcast today. So this week, and very aptly for the time of year, we are talking about leaving a full-time job and going to start your own business or taking it from working full-time with a side hustle and then turning that side hustle into your full-time business. Now, Holly is a consultant and a coach that helps small businesses do this. Now, Holly started her career working for 14 years for Fortune 500 companies when she then decided she wanted to start her own consultancy business. Since then, she's grown her business through helping others starting their consultancy businesses. Through her seven-step method, her clients are operating and profitable in 60 days or less. So in this episode, we not only talk about the key things you should think about when starting your own business, but we also go into depth about starting our own business, her starting hers, and some of the challenges we came up against. Now, I go into a little bit of the story of mine, but if you want to hear the full story of how I started my business, and by the way, I did everything wrong, literally everything, uh, you can go back to episode 34 and you can find that episode there. Now, she obviously talks about the mistakes that people first make when they start and also her three main things that you should think about when starting your own business. Now, even if you have got your own business, I still think this one will be really appropriate for you. Because actually, what it did for me was gave me a reminder of the things that I hadn't necessarily done and I needed to think about. So I went back and thought about some of these things, even though I've had my business for some time. Anyway, Let me talk no further and pass you over to the lovely Holly Knoll. Okay, I am super excited to welcome the very lovely Holly to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Teresa. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate you having me on your podcast.
0: No problem at all. And I'm... Really excited about what we're going to talk about today. I think that it's going to be a great one for the audience to listen to, even if maybe they started their own businesses, even if they're dabbling in it, I think it's going to be a really nice one for them to get some ideas and think about a few things. Because if if people are anything like me, which I pray to God they're not, I did everything horrendously wrong. (laughs) And I basically, and I did a whole podcast episode on this and I'll link up to it in the show notes, but where I tell my story, but I basically just uh, handed my notice in thinking I'd get another job and then didn't get another job and then thought, oh, maybe I'll start a business. How hard could this be? Mm, Quite hard as it turns out. (laughs) But yeah, I literally did everything wrong. So we're going to talk more about Uh, some of the steps that you talk about taking and and you help people take in order for them to do that. But before we dive into that, it would be great if you could share with my audience a little bit about you so they know who you are and how you got to doing what you're doing now.
1: Sure. So as Teresa said, my name is Holly Knoll. I am um, a coach and a independent consultant I live in San Francisco. I have been in the retail technology industry for almost 18 years now, and I've worked at various Fortune 500 companies that are well-known household names, um, huge organizations where I've really guilt- built a big skill set around, you know, project management, project delivery, um, e-commerce, and digital, and. That was all well and good. It was fine. It was really fun for a while. I've met some great, amazing people. Um, but I hit a point in my career about three and a half, four years ago, where I just started to feel that it, this couldn't be all there was to a career, yeah. that this couldn't be that there had to be more to a career, there had to be more to my life, the dreams I had for where I wanted to be in my in my 40s and even 50s, um, or even the next two to three years, yeah, just didn't seem possible if I kept doing what I was doing. And so I started to think and get really uncomfortable, like, oh no, I'm not, on a, I'm not on the right path anymore. And I was really uncomfortable about it because I knew that meant I had to make a change and I had no idea what the change would be. And I had no idea how to even think about making a change and all they really wanted to do was just go lie in my bed under the covers and just, <laughs> you know, be, it, it have, you know, just ignore yeah. it all and just yep. pretend things are fun. So, so obviously I, I didn't do that, but, um, I did hit a, hit a point in my life about 15. I had, um, I actually got let go from my job. I was working in okay. a job that was a terrible fit for me. I yeah my life and moved down to um Orange County and had, you know, started over and worked yep. and I was working for a company again that did not fit with my values. I I realized that like three months in. Yeah. I stuck it out and I, you know, nine months later I was in a conversation with the CIO and HR and they were telling me, This is your last day. And I was uh-huh. like, Oh my goodness. I've sure. never been left from a job. <laughs> but you know what? This is absolutely the best thing for everybody. Yeah. And I was super elated and excited, but at the same time I was kind of having a, a holy crap moment. Like yeah. now what? Now I'm really forced to to really make this change. This yeah. is I took it as a sign from the universe that it's time to really make that change and and, and find mm-hmm. something else that makes me happy and where I can really have yeah. my dreams. So from there, I just, I, I took some time. I, I had a really nice severance package. I had some time. I had about six months where I just thought about, okay, I could go to like an Apple, a Google, a Facebook, a really sexy tech company. I couldn't move yeah. back to San Francisco, but just the thought of like sitting down day one with a welcome packet, like welcome to Google or welcome to yeah. Apple just did not excite me. It. Mm-hmm. It made my stomach turn. And I thought, you know what? I just don't want more of the same. Even if it's a really sexy company, I I have a feeling that things that bother me so much about my time in corporate America, especially at the end, mm-hmm. will probably be the, same. And be the same at any company.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that's where I thought, well, I don't have a lot of, you know cash to go just start this sexy startup either <laughs> um I don't really know how to raise money or fund a company, but I know I can start my own business as a service using mm-hmm. skills I already have and using the knowledge I've built over the past you know at that time like four fourteen years fifteen years, and so that's where I decided you know what I'm just gonna go independent i'm gonna that's what in the consulting world they' yeah. go independent, so <laughs> I'm just gonna start independently consulting at whatever company will hire me this is kind of a mistake I made um, but we'll get to that (laughs) um whatever company will hire me um just so I don't have to go back and be an an employee Mm -hmm. ever again the reason I didn't want to be an employee was things like complex office politics I had to be in the thick of them because I was trying to move up the ladder. I realized I didn't really want to move up the ladder and compete with my peers for a limited number of positions. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have good relationships with my peers, regardless of,
0: you know, role. Your aspirations and, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I also just, I I, I just stopped caring about being promoted. I stopped, um, but I still had a lot of ambition. I still like have financial goals I wanted to make, but with that, I had to be promoted. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then also I just kind of, I got tired of mid-year and annual reviews and someone else telling me, here's what you're good at. Here's what you're not good at. Um, And let's focus on what you're not good at and you need to fix things. And I just thought, you know, I'm not perfect. I have a lot of opportunities to improve, but I want to, I want to, you know, build a business where I can focus on my strengths, what I am for that. Um, And so that's where it just seemed like independent consulting was a really great next step.
0: And then obviously, so you did that for a while um, and that was your business. So you moved from your full-time job through to a consulting job. And then what made you take the shift then into the coaching side of the business to help then other people do what you did?
1: Yeah. So that's the other part of my business is I also help people build their own independent consulting businesses in less than 60 days. So when I was starting out, I... I actually went to life coaching school. I did a weekend program that was really Mm -hmm. intensive that kind of showed me the mechanics of being a life coach. Well, that, that was just such a generic term. It was good training, but I knew I wanted to specialise. So when I was starting out with um, building my consulting business, I had to go ask like a bunch of people um, who were independent consultants already, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And it really just started to feel like I was bugging them and, and, Oh no, now I'm going to go ask them this. And like, now I have to go ask them that. And so it, it was like kind of uncomfortable. It, was, it got to be like where I just felt like I was bugging them and I, they're already busy and you know, they they were really generous with their time, but I I just didn't want to be keeping yeah. them all. So I recognize that there was a need. I wish that I would have had somebody that could be like, here's how you build your independent coaching business. Yeah. In a, here are all the steps you need to take. Yeah. And this is how you can get started. Somebody could just fast track me mm-hmm. because I made so many mistakes along the way. And I thought, why don't I help other people do that? I've, I've learned a ton in the past three and a half mm-hmm. years. How can I package this up neatly in a bow and, and, and teach people how to do this, um, both from a mindset perspective and the tactical stuff? So that's I love, what I mean.
0: yeah. I love that. And I love the fact that you've touched on that it's a mind, mindset and tactical, because yeah. do you know what? And again, I could probably like, you know, you said people make lots of mistakes. I made loads of mistakes. You said you made mistakes. But the one thing I completely underestimated, and actually my business is going to be five next year. And I didn't discover this until probably a year ago. Yeah, probably, if not a bit later than that. Um, I didn't discover the mindset, the importance of the mindset bit until then, I just thought, well, I know what to do. I know how to do it. I, I can do marketing. I can do social media. I, you know, I can consult on marketing. I knew how to do it, but I completely underestimated that if your mindset's not in the right place, oh my God, like it, it's almost can be game over, can't it? You know, Absolutely. because unlike being employed, you are your business. So if you're not, you know, when you're employed and you go to work and you're not feeling it, you know, you might, faff around a bit that day, or you might not do quite as much as you did, or you could take a day off because the place isn't going to fall apart. You're an employee, but obviously when you have your own business, if you want to hide under the covers, which I wanted to do quite a lot, you know, but if you want to hide under the covers, if you don't feel it, if you whatever, then obviously that's a problem. Well, for one day, it might not be a problem, but you know, if that extends into a few days, or you know, or you're not picking up the clients, or you're not doing this, your mindset is a huge part of it. So, it's so good to hear that when you're looking at this, you're focusing on both. So, I'd love to talk talk about the fact that you said that you know you made lots of mistakes, and that kind of led into you then thinking, right, I can help people stop making these mistakes. So, what is it that you think that most people make the mistakes they make, or the kind of I? I the pitfalls of not getting a bit of help with this really. So, you know, talk me through that for a sec, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, gosh, I feel like I've made so many mistakes to count. I'm trying to think which one I can highlight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, first and foremost, back to the mindset the subject, yeah. um, I think you have to be really tenacious and yeah. um, very have a lot of stamina and be willing to. Continue working at it. You know, when you're an employee and you want to transition to being an independent consultant. When I was an employee, I took networking not that seriously. Like yeah. I was like, yeah, it's nice to meet these people. If I happen to be at a cool event, maybe I'll meet some cool people.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: now it's having my own business. Networking has to be part of my, you know, DNA. It's, yeah. you know, having a plan and having a way to meet people and constantly be telling people about what you do is important. So I think. I think one thing I didn't do enough or I didn't plan enough was the the effort that it takes to have a backlog of clients. And yeah. it's something I still like, I always feel like I'm, I'm not talking to enough people. I'm not getting out there enough. Um, and I'm constantly trying to rework my marketing plan to get out there to, so that if one project ends with my consulting work, not necessarily yeah. my coaching work, because I still do both. I feel most comfortable when I have a pipeline of people that have reached out to me that are interested, that I've had to say, hey, sorry, I'm actually fully booked right now, but keep me in mind for the future. And then those are the people I can circle back with. And so having a pipeline, I think, is really important. Mm -hmm. Another mistake that I made, a huge mistake, um, because I I go 10... In the US, we do 1099 or W-2 if you're you're an independent consultant. Okay. You can do kind of two different routes. I'm not necessarily an expert on giving advice on which route to go. Mm -hmm. But I'll just say I usually go the 1099 route, which means I get, I charge a a certain amount for my paycheck and then times an an hour, times the amount of hours I work, that's my paycheck. Companies don't take any taxes out. So it's very important to have a really solid tax advisor that knows what they're doing, that -hmm. understands your business. I made a terrible mistake of hiring the wrong person, which cost me a lot of really expensive surprises, not once, but twice last year. And so I finally have landed on someone absolutely fantastic. But as an independent consultant, and if you you choose to manage all of your taxes, there's some great benefits that you can receive along the way, but Mm -hmm. it's so important and key to have a partner on the tax advising side that Knows what they're doing; yeah. otherwise, it'll, it'll cause you a lot of stress and anxiety, and yeah. <laughs> quick depletions of savings account. <laughs> in Not case. good. Not so, good. Yeah, and so I think having the right mindset, um, in terms of like networking, and always keeping a pipeline, and yeah. you know about potential future clients is really important, as well as kind of building your team around you. So, like. Finding a good lawyer, finding a good tax advisor, um, yeah. knowing what healthcare to choose here in the U.S. It's yeah, a, a little more expensive yeah. and harder to find good healthcare, but it can be done. Um, so, mm-hmm. so I think those are things that um, are really important just to get right right away.
0: Yeah, and, and I wanted also to go back to the fact that obviously you were employed, you were in corporate world. I was in corporate world, and often I think that people who have worked in an employed basis assume they're not an entrepreneur. They assume yeah. I, I can't run my own business because I didn't from, and you know, there's so many people that I've interviewed and so many people that I've talked to where they did it from such a young age. Like they were literally, you know, I was coming out of school and I'd started my own business and I think, Oh my God, I didn't even have the faintest idea to do that. Like it didn't cross my mind. I, I was a good employee. I liked being employed. So you know, it's interesting that why do you think people are are taking the leap to to leave employment to then start their own business? You know, what what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I I think that's an absolutely fantastic question. Um, yeah. I am the first entrepreneur in my family. I mm-hmm. don't come from a family of business owners. I I didn't have. I think coming out of college, I always was like, someday I want to have yeah. my own. Someday. But I was super happy being an employee for many years. Like, I was proud to be part of a cool, sexy company. Um, I didn't think I knew, had a clue what it meant to start my business. And I didn't have any confidence in really what understanding what it would take. And so yeah. I always just pushed it off to someday. Um, I also didn't really have a lot of friends that were business owners or entrepreneurs, especially before I moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I was like, Minnesota and everybody worked for a corporation and everyone worked for a company and it was just there wasn't a lot of things or inspiration happening in my group of friends back then um, to inspire me to do more. Moving out here you know this is Entrepreneur Central and you know there's so much to learn and there's so many people to be inspired by that um, it was after living in the Bay Area and then down in Orange County um, for about five or six years that I was like, oh, I think I could do this actually. Mm-hmm. I think people are starting to feel, especially I think if, if in the right culture, um, in the right if you have the right people surrounding you, people can see that it's possible. Yeah. That's one of my biggest aspirations as a coach is to help people realize you don't have to have an MBA in entrepreneurship. You don't have to have an MBA at all. I don't have one. You don't have to come from a family of business owners and yeah. you don't have to have any experience at all to go on, on your own, but you do have to have confidence. You do have to stick with it. You do have to manage your highs and lows. You do have to be able to network and, and sell yourself, which is mm-hmm. really often uncomfortable.
0: Very selling. hard, very hard.
1: Yeah, but all of this is possible. It, yeah. None of this is completely impossible because of how you were brought up or how you are raised mm-hmm. or what you learned in the corporate world.
0: Yeah. And do you know, what? it's so funny because, uh, and I'm just double checking in my own head that this is correct, but there's no one in my family that are, not, uh, that are entrepreneurs. I'm, oh no, wow. one, my uncle has his own business. But other than that, like, and I have a big family, no one is an entrepreneur. And when I started the business, people were literally like, what, what are you doing? What is this? Like, and oh, they yeah. were terrified for me. And the funny thing is like, now I see it completely flipped on its head. So I could have worked in any job and at any point they could have gone, we don't need you anymore. We don't want you anymore. We've changed it. We've done this. We've done that. I had no control over that job, none at all. I also didn't have any control over salary in terms of expectations. You know, yeah, you would climb and you'd work and you'd do this and you'd get, you know, further on, but I never had, you know, I couldn't have just gone, right, what do I want to earn this year? and earn that amount of money, you know? So for me now, this is the less risky strategy. Okay. It takes different skills. It takes different energy. It takes different hard work. Cause boy, I thought I, I worked hard. Oh, I didn't have a clue. You had no idea. <laughs> no idea whatsoever. Like I literally was like, I'm a really hard worker. So do you know what? I'll be fine. No, I must've been crazy. Like, because you don't know what you're, Like it's it's either just a different type of work or it's just it's just very different when you're own your own business because your brain never turns off. You are literally sat there day in day out thinking of stuff. Like this morning, uh, my daughter, bless her, was not very well and she woke me up very early, like two a.m. And it's all cool and I sort her out and she gets into my bed. Let's not tell anybody. She's like nearly nine. But I just want to go back to sleep. So she gets into my bed. And of course, then my brain goes, oh, we're awake, are we? Oh, you remember that uh, thing you were meant to do for that client and you haven't actually done yet? Oh, and don't forget to ask so-and-so about the podcast. and Don't forget to do this. And it's like, please don't. I don't want to do that right now. So I I just think, yeah, yeah, totally. And I just think that, like I said, you have a very, it's a very different thing working for yourself. And what's really great about what you're doing is, and I don't know what this happened for you, but first off your like I said your success in the early days is very much determined on what you know which you think you know a lot because you know your job, but of course, that's the easy bit that's your day job, whereas yeah. you don't know about the finance side, you don't know about the law side, you don't know you know if you're not in the website industry, you don't know how to make a website, you don't know how to do a brand, you don't know how to you know if you know, social media marketing wasn't your thing. You don't know how to do those things. You know how to do the thing you're doing. So one, that's the kind of tricky bit that you're, you're having to learn all that, but then you're surround the people who surround you. They're the ones who influence you in terms of, you know, Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should see Dave. You should go to this. You should try this. Oh, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And, and do you know what? There was a lot of that advice that God, I wish I hadn't listened to.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And in the same breath as like, they almost limited me as well in the sense of, oh no, you can't do it like this. Or no, that's, th- do you know what I mean? They didn't have this kind of big open mind that, you know, people have now. So I think, I love the fact that you're talking people through those steps in which they need to take in order to set everything up in their business, because that's the difficult bit, isn't it?
1: It is. And and I love what you said. I I couldn't agree more about this is to me way more of a stable business um going out for yourself. I would a hundred percent rather bet on myself yeah. in terms of my job security, in terms of how much I pay I I work, yeah. how, how much I get paid. Like like what you said, we have so much more control over mm. the factors that I believe mean the most to me, the type of work I do, the people I work with, the pay that I yeah. You know, home um the hours I work the amount of vacation I take like Mm -hmm. when you work for a company you get told all of that and you might have like a little control like hey I'd like to do this project or you might have a little bit of control a little bit of say but it's extremely limited because it's what the company needs yeah yeah and then when I you know you touched on another thing like about family members and people um you know kind of the naysayers when you're first starting out. I mean my mom was one of the least, uh, sorry, mom, if you, if she, (laughs) she's uh, like so nervous for me and she wouldn't like kind of get her head around, um, what, you know, what it is I was trying to do. And to her, it seems so risky. And now fast forward three and a half years later, she is one of my biggest supporters. Um, you know, she, she's, a hugely supportive. She's helped me through a lot of my crises that I've had and she's never been a business owner, but mm-hmm. she's come around. And so I would say to people that are nervous about what their family might think, yeah, you might get pushback from your family. You might get a lot of negative comments or like, who do you think you are to do this? Or you'll never yeah. survive or you'll never be successful, but it, you have to push that away and believe in yourself because if you, if you just listen to what everybody else tells you, you may as well just be a corporate employee and do what everyone else is doing.
0: Yeah, the, and it is such good advice because actually you need a cheerleader in those early days because, mm-hmm. you know, the stats of how many businesses go under in the first 12 months is crazy, isn't it? Like,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: so many of them don't succeed. And I wonder whether it's just a case of, A, they didn't get things organized because they didn't know, um, or they took bad advice or they took someone's advice that, you know, wasn't in their industry or couldn't relate to them or this wasn't their job to do this. So, you know, that reason, but also because of the mindset thing and having that cheerleader that can be like, you can do this, you know, you can, and I can help with the practical stuff, but I am here to cheer you on, to support you through it, to listen to you when you're like, what
1: have I done? <laughs> you want to literally pull your hair out yeah when you're well, sobbing <laughs> I wish I would have had more of that and you know I didn't have my circle of kind of entrepreneur friends back then or I didn't no. really know who to look at online for inspiration or motivation mm-hmm. and and that's what I want to be now as a coach to people who want to start their businesses that person that's like look I've done it I am yep. living proof I want the same for you and I'm here to help you with every dumb question that you can think of because I know, I know you can do it. And, and yeah, that that's, that's really like the tactical stuff you can kind of fumble through yeah, and you might make some mistakes, but it's really like being that soft place to fall for people that just have so many questions or just, you know, kind of maybe hit a rough patch and are in between clients and how, you know, how can, I just want to be that person that can help
0: people realize it's possible. Absolutely, and and I was saying before we got on the on the podcast that I've got a coach, and I got this coach. Um, she's, you know, she's a. I look to someone who I aspire to be like, and I. She happened to mention who her coach was, and I went to that person, and on, I knew I was going to be paying, you know, a bit of money for them, but I just thought that's where I want to be, so I need to go to that point, and again, when I think about like the stuff that I've learned and understood and all the kind of great things we, I've done in the past six months, which have been crazy since working with it, if i had had a coach from day one, but do you know what? Well, if I'd have had a coach from day one, my life would be very different. I'd have done things a lot quicker. But secondly, I didn't even know about a coach. Like I literally wouldn't, it wouldn't have even entered my head because again, and all the coaches I knew that I net, networked with locally, this is why I hope none of them are listening, um, <laughs> you know, they weren't my sort of coaches. They weren't the sort of people that I wanted to be coached by. And often, because I don't know about you, where you are, Holly, but where, where we are in the UK, or where I am, certainly, when I networked, it was a lot of males. And yes. a consultant slash coach male, they weren't the kind of people that I've got as a coach now, you know, who is my biggest cheerleader who does support me in lots of different ways and motivate me. And, and, you know, it's much more of a different relationship than what I thought that was back then. So to have someone who sat with you, you know, and walk you through those things would be such an amazing thing to do and give you that confidence that it actually does exist and, and it's going to be okay and, and you can do it type thing. So. Yeah. So, and then something
1: sorry, that can challenge you and and I think it is important to find that coach that's the right person for you. And yeah. I, actually, I, I actually just try to use a different word than coach. If anyone can think of a different word than coach, yeah. I'm all ears. Because anyone can call themselves a coach these days. And yeah. online, I see all of these people that are coaches. And I'm just like, the content that's being put out there is like so much fluff. And yeah. so how I differentiate myself, I think, from how my differentiators, there's no fluff. It's all actionable, and yeah. it's it's all value, and and so that's and and a lot of people might not resonate with my style, and that's fine. They don't have to work with me. It's yeah. it's such a personal thing. Totally, um, to find somebody that like gets you, like your coach, like she gets you. You guys, yeah. you know, you're on the same in the same flow on the same wavelength, and yeah, that's so important when looking for a coach to find someone like that.
0: Totally. So, okay, if uh, I've got people that are listening that are like in a current job, that they're trying to transition to something new, or they are thinking, do you know what? I never even thought that I could have my own business, but I would love to. Mm -hmm. I would love it if we can talk through, and I know that you have a whole program that takes them in 60 days, but it'd be Mm -hmm. great if you could talk me through some of the key steps that you work through and that people should work through when starting their own business.
1: Yes, I love this. Um, so first, I think it's really important to build a foundation. You, mm-hmm. it, it's incre- I think it, there's a lot of romanticizing about having my own business. Oh, <laughs> it's all freedom and flexibility. And we've already talked about earlier that, yeah, you know, it's not all in buttercups, but it, there are huge benefits. So the first thing I coach my clients in the first session that we have is um, building that foundation. And what I believe to be a solid foundation for any business and it, not just independent consulting, but you know, it, really any business is mm-hmm. really narrowing in. What is it that you're selling? Yeah. What, what is it, you know, and being so specific so that you can quickly tell somebody in an elevator, you can quickly talk about it at a cocktail party. And then you can also write copy on, and it doesn't have to be like perfect copy, but you could also provide copy if you were going to start a website or update your LinkedIn profile, but yeah. you want, you want to articulate what it is that you are selling so that other people clearly understand. And I mean, how many times you talk to somebody and you're like, I you still do don't you do what they do.
0: Totally. Honestly. It, and it's funny, it kind of blows me away sometimes. And, and I think sometimes as well, when you're in your own job doing it, or you're in your own business, you can even struggle to communicate that yourself sometimes because right you know, you know, all the things you do. So like you said, day one gets super clear. If you're starting out from scratch, then that's the time to do it, isn't it? You know, what, what is it you're going to do? Yes,
1: And just to give an example. So how, how I define what it is I do. So I am an independent consultant in the technology industry. I work with clients to help them solve their problems and deliver projects in the digital space. Boom. And Great. then on the side, I'm I am a coach where I work one on one with people to start their own independent consulting businesses in 60 days or less.
0: Perfect. So, and it's in a nutshell, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's really quick, really to the point, really direct. This is what I do. You want people to walk away knowing exactly what you do and not be confused. These might be potential clients. So you always want to know what it yeah. is you do. Yeah. Cool. The second thing is um defining who. So who who is it that you you want to serve? And mm-hmm. I think another big mistake people make when starting a business is, and I made this mistake and I mentioned it earlier, I want to work with anyone, anyone that will hire me. I want to work with everybody. I I want to make the most money possible. I want to have the most clients ever. And that, to me is a huge mistake because one of the reasons I moved out of corporate America is because I wanted to choose who exactly I want to take on as clients. People have wanted me to work for their companies and I flat out politely declined because not a good fit it, it wasn't the right culture the hiring manager I just didn't get a good feel from whatever mm-hmm. and so it's really really important to identify who your ideal client is and be so specific down to give them a name give them an age you know yeah. all their demographics so that when you meet that person at a networking event or you're introduced by a friend you're like oh my gosh this person is who it's I perfect. define people because they do exist.
0: Yeah. And do you know what? You just said something there brilliant that I think so many people miss, which is you talked about the avatar or the kind of demographic profiling your perfect target audience, which is great. However, one thing you said, which I have made this mistake, Uh is working with people that you want to work with. Like you said, we're working for ourselves. So you don't have to put up with someone that is horrid or doesn't treat you very well or doesn't give you the respect or, and I have, I have worked with people like that. And I, my, the minute I met them, my gut said, no, thanks. And I ignored it. And what a fool I was to do that. Mm -hmm. I I promise you people, if like you take nothing else, listen to your gut, your gut is always (laughs) right. And I took them on and I had to go through the process and it was, Not hugely unpleasant, I don't know, it was unpleasant, but it wasn't horrendous. But I had to go through the process of sucking a client. And just to have to go through that didn't sit comfortably with me. Whereas what I should have done, because I knew from day one, it wasn't gonna be right. But instead of thinking, do I want to work with these people? Or do I like these people? Or do I like that person? You know, do I get a good feeling from them? Do I gel with them? Do they get me? you know, instead of thinking like that, I was thinking they're a client, they're money. And you yes. do in the early days as well. Again, you know, a bit like you said, you kind of just say anything, anyone. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. And you end up then completely confusing the offer or who you're targeting and what you're doing. And I know the temptation must be, I need the money because believe me, there is always that thing there. Yeah. But where possible, sticking to your guns and, you know, keeping the kind of this type of person in this type of industry, and I must like them, you know, is going to save you a lot of hassle in the long run, isn't it?
1: A hundred percent. I had a bad feeling about my tax accountant, and I yeah. still went with it. The same goes for anyone. And I think as going from being an employee to a con- independent, not a consultant necessarily, but any type of business owner, yeah. it's a, that's a huge mindset shift because when you're an employee you you don't get to choose who you work with no. you like you do not you 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 get you get a team and you get your your cross cross functional teams and that is who works at the company yeah and coming in as a new business owner it is such a mind shift change to think you know what i don't i don't have to work with people that i don't enjoy anymore mm-hmm. and you know sure at my current client there's people in the peripheral that aren't necessarily my favorite people, but my one client who I directly report into and who I, who directly decides if I come or go, I love him. He's awesome. So the last thing in the foundation is, is really defining your why. Super straightforward. Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And why do you want to take this um, next step? Why do you want to make the leap from being an employee to a consultant? Why do you want to have your own business? Um, And just just really clearly articul- articulating that writing in a journal and maybe refreshing it every six months mm-hmm. too because why may evolve. Um but that your why is gonna be your your um, backbone for when you want to quit. When you want to just be like, oh maybe it's just easier to go yeah. get a <laughs> job. Yeah. And then and because I've been there many times and like, oh maybe this just isn't working out. Maybe I just need to go back in and and then I just keep going back to my why and it, and it, it gets me every time because I'm like, no, this is why I do what I do. And mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep going because this is why. And there's a great TED Talk, um, Simon Sinek, you've probably heard of him, but um, he also has a book called Start With Why and a TED Talk, Start With Why.
0: And yeah, I think I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your why is,
1: is really everything. That That's going to be what keeps you going.
0: And like you said, it's going to be on those days where you're like, I can't do this anymore because sometimes you think I can't do this anymore and Mm -hmm. you need that why. And the funny thing was, right? So these foundation steps that you said, which are perfect, I didn't have any of them. Like I literally was winging it. And yeah, Yeah. and the thing is though, now I have them. Now I know these reasons. Now I spent the time going back. So actually, even if you're not a brand new business or you're not in a position where you think you're going to start a business, If you're currently in a business, do you have those three things sussed? Because if the business is floundering, if you're kind of thinking to yourself, the direction isn't quite right, or I'm not quite happy with this, is it because one of those three things isn't kind of set? I have such a funny why story though, because, well, the thing was, I didn't really have a why because like, I, like I said, I literally just gave up my job. I was, I'd been, I'd been through a divorce and I was on my own and then work wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. And I thought to myself, do you know what? I don't want to stay somewhere. I'm not happy. I want to be happy. You know, I've gone through a lot of stuff and I'm, you know, I, I just want to be happy and want an easy, nice life. So that was kind of the initial thing that sparked me to put my notice in. But then obviously when I started the business, it was, I literally was floundering, didn't have a why, didn't think about it. (laughs) But one thing that was so funny was I had met my now husband and funnily enough, we, our first date was like, I think I had not, I'd only just handed my notice in. So he's only really known me since I've had the business and I'd been probably doing it like a year or so. And I remember really moaning at him, like, you don't understand. No one understands what it's like. What <laughs> I go through. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hardest thing in the world. Because obviously I've said on the podcast, my husband's in the military. So he really, it's a very different world, right? So I'm like literally sobbing, like, you know, everybody feels sorry for me because this <laughs> is the hardest thing in the world. And I don't have this and I need this. And, and basically I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. And he turned around and he went, get a job. Literally, this is this is like a military man. He's like, get a job. And I literally looked at him like, what? And he said, get a job. You know, if if you're not happy, get a job. And I was like, I don't want a job. I don't want a job. (laughs) (laughs) And that almost at that point became my why. It's like, (laughs) It's like I don't want to work for someone else. I don't want to be told I've got to turn up to job at nine, finish at five. I can have an hour for my lunch. And, you know, as I'm sure my audience and you are in the same boat and they're in the same boat, if they work for themselves, you don't work nine to five. God, I'd love to work just nine to five. You know, that would be a dream come true. But I do it on my terms, Mm -hmm. you know, so... When I'm working, you know, we're recording this and it's, it's uh, 20 to 9 at night for me, obviously because I'm in the UK, because obviously I do a lot of the uh, the interviews from the, the States in the evening, yeah. Of course, I chose to do this and I want to do it. And therefore, do I mind I'm working at 20 to 9? Not at all. I love it. So, you know, I just, my why almost ended up just being, I just don't want to be employed by someone else. I feel like I am completely unemployable now. <laughs> I am horrendous.
1: No, you're not horrendous. And <laughs> I think sharing your why like there's another quote like people don't buy what you sell but they they buy why you do why it. Do or, it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. and your motivation of not going back to corporate America is completely valid because there's a whole bunch of reasons behind that like you just yeah. said all the limitations that you just don't want to go back into, and I, I share the same. My my biggest fear used to be having to go back and be a waitress because I did that in college. And like, what if I got laid off from my job? Yeah. I had to go back and be a waitress. Well, guess what? That happened, and I didn't go back and be a waitress. I started my own business. But now, as my own, as a business owner, I still have like a little fear in the back of my mind: like, what if I have to go back and get a job? Yeah, and so that's my why as well. Like, yep. I keep doing this for many reasons, but a big reason is because I don't want to go back to the limiting world of being an employee.
0: Yeah, totally. So to finish off, tell me one thing. What, since starting your business, what for you is like, and I've just dropped this on you, so I'm, I, I apologize because I'm going no, to it. But what is the one thing that you are like, do you know what? This is why I love being my own boss. This is like... This is the thing that, because if you're not your own boss, then it's hard to imagine and and it is hard, but you know, it's a tough going world that you're in and when trying to manage your own stuff, but what is the, the one thing that you think, do you know what? Oh man, I am so glad I work for myself because of X, Y, Z. I
1: mean, the one phrase that just pops into my mind immediately is I have a say. I, I have a say in everything, everything. If if I if my situation's great, I have a say in that. If it's not great, that's my fault too. But or you know that I, I yeah, you know what I mean. It, you know that I I have some control over that. Yes. I yes. I just like being. I love being the one that that makes the decisions and not having to put my destiny in the hands of someone else or working for someone else's agenda or dream. Like yeah. it, it's it's all mine. It's it's my own. Maybe it's my own thing which is just such a great feeling
0: and that's beautiful isn't it because I think like you said we've all been in jobs and I've worked with big corporate companies and smaller companies but there's been jobs where you think why have you done that? That is the most yeah. stupid decision in the world. Or why have you changed this? Or why don't you do this? Or whereas, like you said, when it's your business, you're in control of it. If you mess up, you mess up, you have to yeah. fix it. But it's your decision at the end of the day, isn't it? So yeah. no, I love that. And actually, like you said, you're fully in control of where you're going, what you're doing and, and our own success. Yeah. So I just love it. I love working for myself. And I think if there was someone like you around when I started to talk me through some of those things, I think I'd be in a very different position now. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not disappointed where I am now. I'm very happy, but you know, if I could have got there a bit quicker, then that would have been awesome with a few less mistakes. That would have been (laughs) great.
1: Well, it just gives us more, more stripes, right? The mistakes give
0: us more stripes. Absolutely. So Holly, thank you so much. You've been a great podcast guest and I really appreciate you talking us through his steps. And if anybody's out there thinking, okay, this is exactly the direction I need to go in. I'll make sure all of Holly's details on the show notes so you can have a look at her stuff. And I know because I follow um, Holly on Instagram, she's often putting Insta stories up, talking about the transition and giving tips and hints and stuff. So do go check her out there as well. But Holly, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Teresa. This has been such a pleasure. I really appreciate it.
0: So, that was such a great episode and so good to go back to basics. Sometimes I think when we're in business, we kind of forget how it started and we also forget those fundamentals that most people do when they set up, but actually, I didn't do at all. So, it was really good to talk about those and also for her to talk about her three things that you should think about when starting your own business. So her first one was, what do you do? Can you say it in a nutshell? And as I said on the podcast, you'd be amazed the amount of people who I speak to who aren't able to do that. So sit down and think today, can I do that? Can I tell people what I do with ease? Then, who do you want to work with? Again, this is a really interesting one because of the fact that often in the early days, you just think, I'll work with anybody. But actually... I'm learning and have learned as my business has gone on, the more specific you can get, the more you can get into a niche, almost the better it is for your business. And long-term in terms of what you can charge and how much of an expert you're seen as. And then the last one, your why. And again, as I said, my why didn't exist when I started my business. So it was so good to have a think about that. And again, your why can change all the time. So definitely go back and review that even if you have started your business. If you don't have a business, then I really hope this episode has inspired you to think about starting your own business, but also to maybe think about working with a coach or getting some kind of help because it's hard going in the early days. Okay, that's all from me this week. I hope you've had a great Christmas and New Year and I can't wait to see you in 2019.
1: Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com.